This is the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of June 5th, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week it's going to be a little bit uh, unique of an episode. Joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. <laughs> from Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist and producer, Derek Miner. What up, dog? Coming up later, we talk to Maverick City Music. If you don't know this diverse community of songwriters from Atlanta yet, you're about to. Uh, we're going to talk to them about their new album, Maverick City Volume 3, and how they are breaking the mold in worship music. Love Maverick City music. We love them too at our house, Cameron. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm excited about that. Obviously, uh, this week is a unique time in our country, and we wanted this episode to reflect that. So a lot of the normal stuff that we do, a lot of the really dumb stuff, Jesse, uh, we're going to... We're going to not do that this week. Um, and we wanted to have um, a little bit more of an intentional conversation about what's going on. Uh, to join us for uh, this part of the show, we wanted to bring on our friend, um, uh, hip-hop artist, spoken word artist, activist, podcaster from LA. Uh, welcome to the show, Propaganda. What's up, y'all? West, West, the world's on fire. Man, uh, and, al- and also joining us, I wanted to bring in uh, Tyler Huckabee from uh, Relevant. He's our senior editor and the host of Relevant Daily. He'll be bringing us some uh, updates later. Hey, Tyler. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Hey, so prop. I appreciate you joining us, man. I mean, yeah. it's it's a uh, it's a it's a it's been a tough week for a, a, a lot of people. Uh, a lot is happening. It seems like every day the narrative is changing, and I just wanted to. Um, See how you're doing. What are what are yeah. you thinking today in the midst of everything going on? Yeah, I mean it's such a you know this was already such a normal year with just regular <laughs> life that was just so mundane. <laughs> I was so bored, you know. It's like there's nothing special about this year, you know. What I mean, and then all of a sudden, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like you know, my emotions are all over the place. My emotions probably match, you know, the emotions of um, probably America and the world writ large, you know, but obviously specifically, uh, black America. Um, you know, I was already on edge because of, you know, coronavirus, what was happening with specifically the black community and coronavirus, you know what I'm saying? And I just felt like I got set back, you know, 40 years, you know, I say 40 years, you know, cause I, I think of like, my own father's social, you know, justice work as a Black Panther, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like 80 years, you know, uh, like, how are we here again? You know, prop, you know, we're recording this on, on Wednesday and you know, the, the protests, you know, have been going on for several days now and really there's sort of a new news cycle every, every day. So, you know, when people hear this, you know, things, around the country could evolve in in a lot of different directions, you know, from where we are now compared to where we are even just over the weekend. And you've kind of seen some of these new voices enter the conversation, even if they just want to enter and listen and learn more. Yeah. Do you have hope about what 
what can be done from here that that could, you know, be positive institutional and systemic changes that can actually take hold? You know, I do. I do in a number of ways. I think that, uh, you know, there's there's the there's a faction of our country that's just entrenched in our silos. It is what it is, you know, and there's just we just the world is different now, you know, and it's post-truth. You know, it's we're we're all about like, you know, um, bias, confirmation bias. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of like already there's a part of the world that's just that. Then there's the then there's what I feel the the greater majority of of and I'm just going to cut to it. The greater majority of white people that are going, okay, I'm out of excuses. Like, how are we still here? You know what I'm saying? That are just like, okay. I'm sorry it took me so long to believe you. Oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Um, which I think has a lot to do, I guess I can speak specifically with uh, American church. I think it has a lot to do with the fact with, you know, uh, our voices being raised. People like Derek, people like Lecrae, people like myself, people like Relevant, you know what I'm saying? They have been like, um, you know, hammering away for years and years and years and we sit on the shoulders of people like mm-hmm. you know uh james white you know what i'm saying we sitting on we sitting on his shoulders we sitting on james Cone's shoulders we sitting on these shoulders of people who've been hammering out evangelicalism for a long time you know what i'm saying and then now with the with the the uh the with these videos and 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 the continual you know what i'm saying you can't keep saying these are isolated incidents when they happen all the time, everywhere, in every state, in every variable, every possible variation of black men has been murdered, you know? And I think just finally the math is starting to happen and people are going, you know, well, let's do something. The amount of allies that I'm seeing, you know, back to 2000, you know, 12 and 13, when, you know, Trayvon Martin, you know, I mean, Oscar Grant was, was murdered and I got, uninvited to a bunch of conferences, you know, we talked both about that, you know what I'm saying? There's a different story. Now I'm getting brought in, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? You, you Derek laughing because he know. Bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I lost a lot of bags during that time. I lost a <laughs> lot, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 it's and, and, almost and, like, it's like on Sonic when you get hit by a character or whatever and all and your all rings, rings fall out your pocket. Like, that's, that's how I felt. It's like, that's what happened when Oscar Grant died. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I used to sell a thousand tickets in this city. I don't know. Where everybody at? You know what I'm saying? In the beginning of this decade, if this would have happened, I would have lost 4,000 followers, right? This now, now I've gained 7,000 followers because of just how culture just kept ratcheting up. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that in the middle of all this, because I feel like we've seen that we, even irrelevant, like when we posted about what mm. was happening with Trayvon Martin, even yeah. later on with with like, with like Tamir, yeah. uh, people got mad at us. And that's not there's definitely been a change in how many clicks these mm. articles get and people yeah. responding positively to them instead of very negatively. That seems good. But then when you start moving into things like well, what do we do? Like, what's the action? Yeah. What's the response going to be? I feel like that's when people still get nervous because when you yeah. suggest things like when you say we want to be radically for uh, racial equality and yeah. uh, and changing the justice system, people are like, yes. And you say, so here's what that's going to look like, possibly yeah. demilitarizing the police. I don't know if we want to be that radical about it. You know, I think there's like the idea that things should change. <laughs> But the tangible, I, yeah. the tangible pl- action steps still feel like well can't 
please just kind of start being nicer magically? Wouldn't that work too? So it's funny. It was funny when I was growing up, my mom uh, had this diet uh, that she, that one of her friends had tried, told her to try. So it was this idea that grapefruit is great with your uh, metabolism, right? So it was, the, it was eat whatever you want, but then eat a grapefruit <laughs> afterwards and you're going to lose 20 pounds, right? And she tried it. <laughs> And it didn't work. And that's what I think is kind of where a lot of people are like they want change without the pressure of saying, no, I can't just have a magic grapefruit diet. Like I'm actually going to have to eat vegetables. I'm actually going to have to go work out for 30 minutes a day. And I think that that's what you're talking about, Tyler, as far as the implications of that. I think sometimes we don't realize that. And well, we know this because we oftentimes you hear freedom costs something like it, it costs something and, and it's going to cost something yeah. to change what's happening. But it's either let's do let's it's like let's yeah. control our costs and say, hey, let's fix this area, fix this area, fix this area. It's going to cost something so that riots don't happen. And then you have all these weirdos in the riots busting up black owned businesses and busting up. Mm-hmm. All kind like it's costing more for us not to fix the problem. It's costing yeah. more for us not to fix it, you know. Yeah, and I think uh again, just like the 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 best parallel, you know, history doesn't repeat. I don't believe it repeats, I, I, but it definitely rhymes. I think that that's like a best way to look at it. Like scenarios are are so different. Time is so different. Where we are as a culture is so different, you know. But there are there are things we could pull from, you know? So like the best way I think again is the, the, the level of tumultuous that the sixties were, you know, right down to <laughs> the space launch. Like, here's what's even more crazy. I don't like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Gil Scott Heron writing a song called Whitey on the moon. You know what I'm saying? Because in the middle of the civil rights movement, we landed on the moon. So he wrote this song and that's what happened Monday. I'm like, this is so crazy. The <laughs> country's on fire. NASA just launched. SpaceX just launched it. I'm like, it's this like is, Groundhog Day, bro. It's just Groundhog Day out this mug. So, 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 so. But anyway, like at the end of that, um, what the Civil Rights Act was at the time, which we think is so stupid, was is so is basic. They thought it was radical. You know what I'm saying? And the version that actually came out had a lot of its teeth taken. You know what I'm saying? So so what we consider radical now, I think a lot of times has to do with just the wording or where the culture is. Unfortunately, because we're in this information age and we want mm. we want a confirmation bias. We want the idea to come from our silo. If the idea don't come from my silo, I feel like I can't support it. You know, so mm. so I can't say, you know, what I'm saying uh, if you're if you're if you're right, you know, if you if you lean conservative, you know, you, you just feel like I hated Trump, but ah, I can't vote for a Democrat. Like, I just can't vote for really. I can't do it. You know, what I'm saying if, if, if you're that person, if Joe Biden stands up and he says, listen, all I'm saying is police shouldn't have automatic sight rifles that we made for the insurgents in Iraq. Like the police shouldn't have that. <laughs> you're like. That's actually a great idea, but Joe Biden said it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you feel me? So, like, that, to me, jumps up to a higher discussion of 
the heart and soul of the person to be like, yo, like, why you care what mouth it came out of? Yesterday, I saw Pat Robertson say that, <laughs> you know, which I was like, <laughs> what timeline are we on? That Pat Robertson stood up and said, you know, the same guy that said 9-11 was God judging America, right, was the dude that said, maybe the way that Trump is handling this is just, it's kind of, kind of, sounds kind of cruel. Maybe you shouldn't stand in front of somebody else's church that you don't go to and hold a Bible up and make a statement about <laughs> war. Pat Robinson, the right wing watch. <laughs> posted a link about Pat Robinson <laughs> telling the president maybe he was out of line. I'm like, so that's the type of stuff to me when more things like that happen and us who lean in the progressive circles need to go, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I think old Pat got a point. I think he, sometimes I think he's crazy, but I, I mean, I agree with him here. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the thing that seems different this time is that like, like you mentioned the militarization of local police, there's a bipartisan yeah. bill happening right now to stop the sale of military equipment yeah. to local jurisdictions, because that's what's been happening is like uh, oh, excess military supply would be sold to local police. And so there's a yeah. bill, bipartisan bill that's moving forward to stop that. And so you're starting to see like, maybe there is some common ground mm -hmm. that, you know, things can actually change. I want to ask y'all both. Um, I've been looking a lot on a lot of the yeah. uh, Christian black leaders and, and artists on Instagram who are speaking out. Um, I'm noticing mm -hmm. in the comments is a lot of, a lot of support. And then there's this homeschooled white kid. Hey, who, Hey, sorry, Tyler. No offense. Leave hey. Tyler alone. That's my dog. That was my. That was anonymous. Uh, That's my dog. No, no. no cap, Tyler. No, cap, Tyler. You good? You good? This, let's call this hypo, Let's call this hypothetical clueless person T. Huckabee. No, <laughs> no, but, Tyler. No, but like I'll see them say, and they are coming from a place of faith conviction saying no all lives matter and obviously they don't know because the bubble they live in they yeah. don't know what they're saying when they say that or they'll say i've seen this argument in the threads of well listen the bible says that this sin and this division will just be with us till the end of time and the only answer is jesus the only answer yeah. is heaven right mm -hmm. and it's like so why fight right yeah and so now i'm number one i've seen y'all on a lot of leaders like start to engage this ignorance, which I mm -hmm. am appreciative of. And I want to talk about that. I've saw, I saw something that Dr. Darius Daniels, who's a friend of the show said, uh, he was, he had a, his podcast this week. He has Dr. Eric Mason on and they yeah. talked about what's going on and two brilliant thinkers. And, uh, Darius posted something on Instagram this week talking about, and, and I'm thinking it's trying to educate that mindset where, Listen, we're not saying that we can legislate away racism, right? Racism mm -hmm. is a heart issue. And yeah. Darius said, now, I know that I can't change how somebody sees me. When I walk into a store, that person could be racist, but that doesn't affect me in any way. And so I can't change their mind. But yeah. what we're talking about is when they act on their racism, that becomes injustice. And that mm -hmm. does require laws and legislation to protect me and to yeah. protect citizens from other people acting on their racism. So we said, yes, racism is a heart issue, but injustice is something yeah. that we can fight for it's law, right? Yeah. Law. And so like that interesting parallel, because I think a lot of these 
comments are coming from yeah. a place of saying, hey, we're believers and we can't legislate racism. Right. And like, no, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Here's what's funny, though. By definition, uh, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to undo his 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 because his his point is is correct. Right. Uh, but the the from a from a sociological I'm putting my teacher back hat back on right, right now, like from a, from a from a social from a sociological cultural studies perspective, uh, understanding the difference between a prejudice, a discrimination and racism. Like your prejudice is what we're talking about. Like you, you have, I, I, because of this person's skin, I think less of them. Right. And they are not, I'm not well, that's a personal opinion. You're just an idiot. I don't know what to tell you. Right. Um, discrimination is when the individual begins to act upon that. Right. Now, sometimes a, dis- a discriminatory act is normal for survival. Just like you run a company. I'm going to hire this person and not that person. Well, I guess you kind of, I guess in some ways you discriminated against this person, right? Because you chose that one. You know, you discriminated against your, your blue t-shirt by wearing your black t-shirt. I don't know. Like, so there's, there's a part of it that's, but when it has to do with the individual based on a, a, a sinful prejudice, right? Then that's that person. Now, when you take those acts and then you make it law, right? To be able to, function where the law discriminates based on your prejudice you now have a racist system right Mm -hmm. so the so when you say i can't legislate racism i'm like that's exactly what racism is Hmm. racism is laws made to prefer based on your prejudice Right. So like you said, like you said to that young dude, yeah, you're right, man. I can't tell you I can't tell you not to hate black people, but I can make sure you don't make laws that make it okay for you to hate black people. Right. And that's what I'm here to fight you over. Now, like you said, to that to that young to that young, you know, uh not so Tyler. We'll call him Chad. It makes you feel better. Uh, but, uh, Chad, not Chad. But I feel like Chad's more like a frat boy. You know, you know Chad's a frat boy. Chad, Tyler has a brother named Chad. Yeah. Chad's not Chad old school. Chad's a Very frat boy. Old. But we'll just we'll just call him Chad to make you feel better. So maybe Hunter. We'll call him Hunter. I can, oh. I can live with Hunter. Hunter and Tanner. Oh. What's up with white people naming their kids after my like brother's uh, name? Serious? <laughs> Tyler, Tanner, Hunter. Y'all name just medieval job descriptions. Like why y'all name your kids medieval jobs? Prop, this is this Sorry. whole analogy is getting weirdly specific. Okay. <laughs> Say it to my face, Prop. I'm right here. Let's have it out. Let's have it out. So, so Tyler, so, 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 homeschool kid, you know, that says this statement. Like, for one, my mental health, and me and me and me and our Derek are in a ten year long group text with all of our friends. You know, what I mean, and right, part of our right. own protecting our own energy and and mental health is we don't engage. You know what I'm saying? No. For our own health, right? Uh, but I, this time, when I got the comment, I was so proud of myself. I actually screenshotted and sent it to the group text because I was like, I'm so proud of myself, right? <laughs> so, right? So I was like, I was like, hey man, I understand based on the world that you exist in why it would be so weird for you to see people who proclaim to love Jesus functioning and speaking the way that they do. Unfortunately, it's going to take you years and years of intentional work right and study and intentional relationships to understand how grossly misinformed your content your your comment is 
And I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to correct it on a on a comment thread. Mm. But you got yeah, a lot and, of work to do. The, you the, know? Thing, the thing for me is I don't I don't really, especially when it's a kid, I, I'm not going to engage. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't even know any. Like, like When I was 16, I didn't know anything. I thought I knew everything. Totally. I, 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 don't, I don't know anything. I just know what I was taught. So that is a, a reflection of what his parents and his school and his pastors have taught him. And they they quite honestly have failed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they and, and it's probably because they've been failed, right? Like yeah. it's not it's not intentional. It's just yeah. you know what that's the problem with trying to apply the black and white unnuanced idea of yeah. good versus evil to everything, right? Yeah. We do that with Christianity and it's like there's good guys, there's bad guys. We don't believe in nuance, but the problem with that is when new, when you have to have nuance, you're just totally yeah. unequipped. And it's just like he's unequipped yeah. to be able to deal in nuance. And quite honestly, you know, like a kid doesn't probably even believe that because, you know, again, we could bring up anything like with the, you know, with abortion. Like no one just yeah. says, no one in that circle says, man, abortion is going to be here from now to the end of time. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. no one says like that. Let, let's not do, let's let just forget it. Just, just whatever, man. Right. Yeah. This yeah. is not a fleshly fight. This is a spiritual fight. Just yeah. if we pray enough, people are going to stop aborting babies. Like he no doesn't even that. believe yeah. that framework. <laughs> mm, he yeah. just believes it for this. Hmm. particular situation but he doesn't even know that that he doesn't even yeah. see the the hypocrisy in his thought yeah the he cognitive just, dissonance of that exactly and yeah. and i bet you for you and i know you get the same dms i get to where you're like you get dms from those kids when they turn 20 and man. now they're off in college and they're man. like man i've been listening to your music for the last five years I think I finally get it now. I'm sorry absolutely. for this stuff. Like I get those DMs too, mm. but it's like, so that was a slow burn though. Mm. You got, absolutely. it's five years, it's four albums absolutely. and it's not just my four albums. It's mine plus trips, plus Derek's plus show plus. Right. One of the things I've noticed, we're just watching the footage of all the protests around the country. And again, we're recording this on Wednesday, so we don't know what's happening in the next few days, but it seems like it's shifted from raw anger and and just outrage in the initial days to now it seems more organized it seems more strategic it seems more like the peaceful protests are like focused on yeah. clear calls to action and pressuring specific things that they want to see yeah happen yeah. which i feel like that's when the movement shifts toward actual change could happen because I think back to like in the last five years, uh, you know, young people, the youth protested and were outraged around school shootings and the lack of like gun control and things like that. But, Mm. but there was an agreement up the generational lines, right? Legislators didn't listen because of money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden we're seeing the movement is calling for specific things that then we're starting to see indications. Again, this is midweek that legislators are actually also speaking out. I mean, seeing yeah. police chiefs take a knee or walk yeah. with the protesters saying, I am mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. We want reform mm-hmm. in our ranks. We will hold ourselves accountable. Mm-hmm. Like when did that happen before? I have a friend that's in the military. He says when he was in Iraq, he's like, you can't engage people in war. Yeah. Just 
fire shots off just whenever you want. You're not allowed to, yeah. You you have to talk to somebody of of higher rank and say, do I have permission to engage this yeah. conflict? These are people that aren't that you're that you're literally at war with. You still so gotta ask. You still have to ask. So how and, could how could the military in foreign countries have that level? Um, yeah. They have to have that level of control. But over here, there's no accountability. You could just fire fire shots whenever you and want. Not only that, know? they the vast majority of the when you look at the psychology of 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 military, the vast majority shoot over a person's head because it's something in us that don't want to kill another human. Mm. So that when you talk about rooting out systemic change, so police forces like Houston police who have been really active in this uh in this protest and 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 committing to real change and being on the streets and taking off their uh their riot gear like they're mm-hmm. taking off riot gear and they're just mm-hmm. like okay no I'm out here as a citizen just like you we want to see this people the same thing happened in Atlanta police are coming out there without their riot gear without their weapons and they're just like look we're here too. You know what I'm saying? I'm still wearing my badge because it is what it is. I'm proud of what I chose to do. You know what I'm saying? But there are some systemic changes that need to happen. And so, so again, like, like you said, uh, uh, Cameron, to, to your point, you can have a good cop in a bad system, right? Mm-hmm. So our argument is not necessarily are there good cops? Our argument is how good is this system? And then the last thing I would suggest for police forces is y'all need to learn how to check, how to check for white supremacists because it's because re- they're there. They're there, you know. What oh, saying? They, they don't. They don't have to learn how to check. They know that they're there. It's just the idea of that brotherhood is more important. Um, that like, I, that you can't tell me you can work with somebody for twelve and years know, and right? not know something that important. That's impossible. You mentioned Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta police officers. Yeah. This is the next step. Again, we're recording that on Wednesday, so this this ha- Tuesday night. Yeah, uh, there was an incident uh, this week where. Uh, police had a confrontation with a college student, with some college mm-hmm. student protesters. Mm-hmm. And one of the students, 22, was violently tased and, and, yeah. and injured, greatly yeah. injured. Atlanta, six Atlanta officers were then charged mm-hmm. after yeah. that confrontation and held accountable, yeah. or they yes. will be held accountable. <laughs> and I think that is another that's thing. That's all that, we ask. That yeah. needs to happen across the country at every level to say there's accountability and consequences to mm-hmm. the people who cross the line, who are not doing the job the way it was designed to be done. Yeah. Yo, if 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 that if if that type of response was the typical response, you right, wouldn't be seeing you, this. You wouldn't this wouldn't we wouldn't even be here. Right. Like that, that that's just the reality. We would not yeah. even we wouldn't even be here. Because we know like, justice that, would be served. Right. Yeah. It, it's like forget the economic discrimination and 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 the real estate discrimination and all of that. It's just like, yo, we're watching on videotape people that look like me be murdered, and then you find a way to sashay out of the of, somehow it's not a murder <laughs> yeah. right, uh, uh, charging these people but i know people that have been in jail for 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 ounce of weed mm-hmm. you just like an ounce yeah. of weed or 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 they were just there 
Like yeah. they were, you know, they were considered the accomplices because they're in the in the car with yeah. the wrong person that they didn't know had done something yeah. crazy. Yeah. But you could literally videotape this guy choking the life out of someone, and then there's a question as to what should be done. Mm, That's yeah. the, and therein lies one of the big problems as far as justice is concerned. It's not like what we talked about earlier it's not the issue of racism yeah racism sucks quite honestly i don't care what you think about me just don't kill me like that's the facts of the situation i don't i don't know if you guys read the latest malcolm gladwell book talking to strangers but the impetus for him writing that was the was the death of sandra bland who yeah. you know after a very routine snap uh, uh traffic stop you know rolling through well allegedly rolling through a stop sign she was on her way to a job interview was completely so sober minded and you know th- but the interaction with the police officer escalated to the point where you know she's found dead in her jail cell two days later yeah. the police officer was white Sandra Bland was black mm-hmm. and you know that 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 book really outlines in a lot of ways that what ultimately were well-intentioned but misguided policies that were never kind of revisited objectively with with police policies and procedures, Mm. you know, led to confrontations like this. And, Mm, you know, I I, I kind of stepped away from reading that book and and really it was a reminder of, you know, as someone who wants to see change and and not for more, you know, people to to die, you know. Yeah it was really a reminder of the importance of like the civic responsibility at the local level too. you know, sheriffs are elected officials. They're, mm-hmm, they're, exactly. they're, they're, they're not appointed mm-hmm. and we put ours you know, in jail here. Yeah. And, and, mm. and so I think, I think this too, hopefully I, I, you know, there's a lot of different kind of generational values that I, I think are coming to light and you see, the, the younger people are, the more civically engagement minded they seem to mm-hmm. be. They seem yeah. to be very passionate about the democratic process. Is it a perfect process? No. Can mm-hmm. it can it be improved? Yes. But, mm-hmm. you know, is there ways to, you know, engage at the local level that can put people in place that really understand, you, you know, from, a, a you know, prop, you know, you're kind of talking about the um, nuances of, of policies and procedures yeah. that, y- yes, there need the church and and community we need to address racism yeah. but you know there also is ways that we can institute changes even on the local level. Yeah. So, that well, you know, Jesse, you mentioned this generation being civically minded and active. The problem is statistically they're still not voting. You know what I mean? Mm, they're speaking yeah. out, but they're not going to the voting booths. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm, wow. you have all this yeah. momentum and then like in action on come election day, one thing that gave me hope this week about specifically that process you're talking about is in the Senate, Van Jones has talked about this. He's like, listen, I'll work across the line for things that I believe in. You know, I have my right wing and my left wing. And he said, there are very few, there are very few elected officials who I would say you're a bigot, right? They may have racist thoughts Mm -hmm. or whatever, but like he said, there's one Senator who's an actual bigot and his name Mm -hmm. is Steve King. And yes, and the, and he's up for election Mm -hmm. this past Tuesday in yeah. the state of Washington. And he said, where I'm sorry, uh, uh, Iowa, Iowa. I, yeah. And Iowa, he said, yeah. where, how that election goes will tell me the direction where that America are. is choosing. And he got mm. ousted. He was in he the Senate for yesterday, Iowa. decades and he got ousted. He got voted out of office. And that's what you're talking about. Jesse, you want to see change? Yes. You want to get rid of the bigots? 
vote him out. J- Jamie, you, you know, you have uh, an incredible and diverse family and you have children who are approaching voting age and I and I'm sure are, you know, have been watching what's been transpiring around the country like we all have. Yeah. What are some conversations that's been happening around your home and the perspectives of of, of your children who are, are also people of color? Uh, you know, they're hard conversations and we actually don't keep the news on a lot in our house for just a lot of different reasons. And so we get to control the narrative that our kids hear, which I'm really appreciative as well. Um, but the hard conversations to me, honestly, so we have super hard conversations with our children who are black and brown. But, you know, I have a 16 year old who's white. And I think one of the conversations that I've really enjoyed right now that a lot of people are having is not just how do we make sure that um, our kids aren't racist, but that they're anti-racist, that they, you know, they use their voice to speak up against things. And I've been talking with my six-year-old son, who's white, a lot about you have been put in this family, like all of our kids have been put in this family, and you have a high responsibility to speak up for your siblings and to speak up for what is wrong and to speak up for what is right. Um, you know, those are important conversations and I think every parent should be having Um it's just we have to have them in our house because he has a little bit more proximity to black and brown people that a lot of white kids don't have. And so I'm always saying, I've said it here before, is that white parents have to be having these conversations. I, I read something the other day from a, a black woman that says, I shouldn't have to keep telling my son how to not get murdered. You need to tell your son how to not kill my kids. Mm. And that was a rough thing to read, you know? Um, And so I think these conversations matter that we're not just talking about like, oh, we love Jesus. We, we, we used to not see color, but now we see color and everybody's beautiful. Like it's just that, you know, kumbaya, but it has to go deeper for that. And I'm even having to go deeper with my six year old white son because he has um, siblings that this greatly affects. Well, that was a lot to unpack. I appreciate this conversation. It's an ongoing one. Um, Let's uh, let's take a quick break. Prop, hang with us for one more segment, and uh, yeah, uh, let's take a quick break and come back. And Tyler is going to bring us a couple of news updates from the week. I'm a young black man doing all that I can to stay all the way to look around, and I see what's being done. listening to I'm a Young Black Man, a song that went viral after Kedron Bryant posted it on Instagram this week, and uh, you're listening to the remix by producer Dim Joints. This song has been stuck in my head for a week and a half. I can't get it out of my head. It's incredible. All right, Tyler, I'm not going to give you a jingle. Tell us what's going on this week. I uh, do want to reiterate before I bring a couple of news items that, uh, that we recorded this on Wednesday. Obviously, a very fast move. This country is going. The the brakes. Somebody cut the brakes. The roller coaster is just going. <laughs> if, if, because the, the that, thing about it, if we recorded this four days ago, yeah, the yeah the, the mood would have been completely mm-hmm. different. It's different because because I I mean like both prop you and, and Derek. I mean they've told me in the last twenty four hours. I'm I'm feeling a little bit little bit better. Right, mm-hmm. like you're not yeah. th- you're, we're, yeah. we're not through, but like. 
but that wasn't the case a few days ago. So you're right, Tyler. I'm glad you acknowledge that because we don't know where this listener will be this weekend when they're listening. So yeah, mm-hmm. assuming we still have a functioning democracy. these are the stories that we feel like that i feel like today we'll still have uh some 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 relevance for where you all for where listeners are at uh the big one is uh the state of minnesota is going to be bringing civil rights charges against the minneapolis police department Hmm. so um the the video obviously that we've been talking about here has ignited a lot and in addition to uh bringing a former officer Derek Chauvin in and uh and charging him with third degree homicide governor Tim Waltz and the Minnesota Department of Human Rights announced the charges and an investigation into the police department's last decade 10 years of policies and practices to determine where and how systemic discrimination towards people of color has occurred. Mm. The governor said, quote, we know that deeply seated issues exist. I know it because we saw the casual nature of the erasing of George Floyd's life and humanity. Mm. We also saw the reaction of the community. They expected nothing to happen because nothing happened so many times before. So state human rights commissioner, her name is Rebecca Lacero. She will be leading the investigation. She's implementing interim practices for the Minneapolis Police Department, which will be followed by new long-term measures informed by the findings of her investigation. Over the last 10 years, Minneapolis Police Department has faced a a larger-than-average number of accusations of racial discrimination. Mm -hmm. Um, This happened even after they promoted uh, Madaria Arredondo, sorry, Madaria Arredondo, to become its first black police chief back in 2017. Now, Arredondo had been part of a group of officers who sued the police department for discriminatory practices back in 2007. That was settled. Now he's police chief. But in the last three years, there has not been an appreciable decrease in the accusations. Uh, that I also want to point out because it's, it is relevant to this. The anger has flared over the official autopsy of, uh, mm. of George Floyd, which mm-hmm. blamed his underlying health conditions, their words, mm. for his death and made no mention mm. of asphyxiation. So there was an independent autopsy that Floyd's family uh, brought, and that found that he did die of asphyxiation from sustained pressure on his neck, which I mean, is very obvious. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Whoa, wow. Yeah. No, I'm, I, no, I'm surprised that I'm surprised. I can't believe that someone standing <laughs> on somebody's neck for nine minutes killed him. Wow. I never would have thought. It pretends to be shot. I, I never would have thought that that was the yeah. case. Oh, my gosh. I, I believe that yeah. bull about the diabetes killing him. How oh oh, dumb <laughs> do they think we are? That was like, the point. It's just to like, have a heart attack in the middle I, of I, said, I said my <laughs> man died from lupus. But I didn't know what I'm saying. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, I saw the uh, Minnesota governor, Tim Waltz, said when he announced that they were going to be bringing civil rights charges against the Minneapolis Police Department. He also said, and I, I love this quote. He said, my administration will use every tool at our disposal to deconstruct generations of systemic racism in Minnesota. This effort mm-hmm. is one of many steps to come in our effort to restore trust with communities that have been unseen and unheard for far too long. That, that, is what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Mm. Like this isn't, yes, we want to see justice served in this one specific case and accountability for the four officers. 
But the mm-hmm. fact that we've got to dig deeper to the systemic issues and that the mm-hmm. people in at every level of government is applying pressure and this has come to light. I mean, this is the positive outcome of the protests, right? This is the first step of something that needs to trickle out way wider than this. But like, to me, that's what we're talking about, right? I mean, this is what we want to see happen, right? I mean, it, it's it's that, but you know, for me, the test is going to be what happens six months from now, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what? Don't talk about it. Be about it. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Uh, but but definitely, I think the fact that someone at that high of a level will acknowledge that um, shows some progress for some, sure. Some progress, definitely. right? right. Shows some progress, and that 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 matters, but. Definitely. I'm like, yo, I'm like, I'm like what James would say. I, you know, in the Bible, I need to see the action, There you, go. you yeah. know, to match yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for people, for listeners who we have up there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, hold, hold your politicians up there. We all need to be holding our local leaders Absolutely. accountable. But, uh, but now that you've got, now that you, he has a line, he's put the bar. Yeah. He said it. Now we can publicly, he said it publicly. Mm-hmm. So now we can hold him accountable to it. Right. I Absolutely. mean, like you said, where is he in six yeah. months? Well, let's keep pressure on and see where he's at in six months. I uh, did want to point this out too. This is a little bit connected. Uh, well, it is, it is connected, but it's it's a little bit different, I suppose. So I think we all remember Just Mercy, which was the uh, a book that then became a movie last year. Uh, it's the story of modern day death penalty abolitionist Brian Stevenson. That movie, which uh, we got to cover uh, quite a bit for Relevant, is actually now going to be free on all streaming platforms through the end of the month. Wow. So, uh, the movie's official Twitter account announced the decision yesterday saying the message of black equality, police brutality and corruption in the justice system makes it a resource for people who want to learn more. So anywhere you go, iTunes, Amazon, Vudu, Google Play, any other streaming platform, you can go on and rent it for free. Thanks to the folks there. Uh, It stars Michael B. Jordan as Stevenson, a lawyer whose work in the American South led him to become a leader in the fight to reform the criminal justice system and abolish the death penalty. You also got Jamie Foxx in there, Brie Larson's in the movie. It's a really good Good movie. It's a great um, flick. I, yeah. I thought it was. I, I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure how they're going to make a movie out of that book because it doesn't necessarily lend itself to a narrative. But they did a good job. I, I thought it was. I thought it yeah. was excellent. Um, when we talked to we, we talked to Michael B last year, he told us, "quote I want to be part of the change. That's what's important to me, especially at this time in my life as a black man in America. These issues directly affect me and my community. So if you yeah. are interested, if this if you've been moved by the past week of, of protests, you want to learn more, you want to start to inform yourself and you haven't seen or read the book, you can do both, should do both. Uh, and now mm-hmm. you can watch it for free. So no excuses. Yeah. Tyler, that that book, Just Mercy, is the book that I'm like, every American right. needs to read mm-hmm. this book. Mm-hmm. And even if you see the movie, there's so much more in the book that obviously, like yourself, didn't lend itself to a movie. Highly, highly, highly recommend you go get the book and read it. And it's a great yeah. read. It's it, you're it's it's mm-hmm. good. And and it's Michael B. Jordan. Everything he's in is good. And I said it before. It's time for him to drop the B and just take the Michael Jordan <laughs> he's thing. He's <laughs> he's, the last dance has aired. We've seen it. Okay, we got it. There's a new MJ in town. Last just dance drop the B. Name. Just drop the B and own it, Michael Jordan. I it mean, seems- but hey, let's. But I mean, Jamie Foxx stole every scene he was in. Yeah, in he's in incredible. That movie. He's, he's such an. He's, he's, he's one. Not to get too far into the, you know, cultural analysis, but he's one actor that sometimes I think is 
too funny for his own good. And what I mean by that is like, he's so smart and so funny that people that's their, that's what they think of him. It's like, Oh, Jamie Foxx is hilarious. Every time I see him, he is like, he's sharp, he's funny. Mm -hmm, And they mm -hmm. think of him as a comedian when really you're like, watch, you know, he, he did, he had another movie that was, you know, I felt like pretty underrated uh, that he's, you know, starting with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Years ago. Well, that, that was about homelessness in in Los Angeles. He was awesome in it, you know, and and just mercy. You're like, dude, Jamie Foxx is a legit actor, man. (laughs) Like he's hilarious and, 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 and great in all he does, but it's like, dude, Dude, he is a legit, like, dramatic actor, when he, you know? Oh, I mean, think back to Ray. I mean, when he played Ray Charles. Yeah. He won an Oscar. Yeah. I mean, he's an yeah. Oscar-winning actor. Yeah. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. unbelievable. And should have gotten an Oscar for Django, in my opinion. Great. Django is Great. my favorite, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot more news, obviously, happening, and we're covering it every day at RelevantMagazine.com, and Tyler's bringing it to us on the daily podcast, Relevant Daily, so go check that out. Thanks for that update, Tyler. And Prop, thanks for joining us for this conversation, man. Um, yeah, dude. I appreciate your your voice and your leadership in this space. And, uh, you know, I know it's an incredibly exhausting and hard time for uh, many of you guys, Derek, too. I mean, who are who who so many people are looking to right now. I know it's um, difficult on one hand. It's like it's numbing. Yeah. It's like here we are again. But I I just want you to know, like, we need you guys and we need you to challenge status quo and we need you to yeah. push things and we're listening and, and there's thousands of people following and, and it's, it's important what you guys are saying and doing right now. And I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate you sticking your neck out. I appreciate you guys taking a risk and pouring into this conversation. It means a lot. So it's making a difference guys. Thanks guys. All right. Well stay tuned up next Maverick city music joins us. I have a dream. That's similar to Dr. King's Let freedom ring in the streets I have a dream That there was nothing left to protest Because all of God's people Would treat each other equal I have a dream That our bloodstained blocks With young men shot and now clean No more shoulders cried on with mother's tears I have a dream That the Me Too movement was not needed And all of our women like queens They were treated I have a dream That our soldiers came home And the war stopped you're listening to Derek Minor. As I have a dream, it's from the album The Trap, which he released in 2018 and is ever so timely today. Well, this episode is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They've reimagined every little detail of the socks we wear every day to make them way more comfortable and even purposeful by giving back to the most vulnerable members of our community. For every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas will donate a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers have allowed them to donate over 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 giving partners. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks are a small comfort that make a big difference. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash relevant. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash relevant for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash relevant. Well, Maverick City Music is an incredible group of writers and songwriters out of Atlanta. What started in 2016 as a small house church and the occasional writing camp for aspiring songwriters quickly became a place to make space for an unlikely fusion of worship styles. It's as much gospel as it is Bethel. It's impromptu, it's spirit-led, it's powerful. 
It's music that breaks the worship music mold. They collaborate. They have guests. It's a movement. If you don't know Maverick City music yet, you need to. And you're about to meet him. Here's part of our conversation with Maverick City Music's Naomi Rain and Chandler Moore. As much as this like blesses people, like it blessed us first because it was a place for us to be like, wow, like I could be myself. And as like a, just because I'm a black female singer doesn't mean I have to be like sound like Mahalia Jackson or, you know, like there's, and, and what people don't realize that even in the gospel community, there is, you know, distinction made between like the way you sing. And if you sing gospel enough, or if you have enough grit or growl in your voice, and then, you know, if you have like, I have a more, which I can go there, you know, but I have like a more of a, like a pure kind of like, you know, straight tone kind of voice. And then it's like, okay, well you sound like you belong like in the CCM world, but then it's like, am I welcome in the CCM world? You know, there's a lot of that. But when we came on with Mav, it was just, it was just us like worshiping and we could be ourselves and I could, you know, growl sometimes and, you know, like just sing sweet and pure. And that was okay. Um, I think as, as just an industry, uh, the, the purpose of it is to create for an, a certain type of audience. So I think the way the industry is set up, uh, because of the way our nation is set up, we have different industries for different audiences. So you have your Dove Awards and you have your Stella Awards. You have, and then you have the Grammys. So it's like, uh, we have to have categories. Well, the industry mindset is like, yo, we have to have categories because if we don't, people are not going to know what we want to present to them. So even like one of the first run-ins we had with Billboard, uh, one of the first records, they tried to put it out as a gospel record because I was black and I was on it. And we were like, why Why is this gospel? Like, why, why do you categorize this as gospel? And it's not even anywhere along gospel lines. Um, so it's it's really having those hard conversations. I think the way we do is having those hard conversations with people have, with the industry. Like, yo, I, I know this is probably how you've been doing it. You this is what you feel, but this is not what this is. Um, and the reason I love Maverick is because uh, the way I call it, it's so unmanicured. It's so like you don't know what to do with it. Can't, Try to put it in a box. It, it is, you just it is what it is, um, and it's. I think what it's doing is it's challenging those lines. Like, hey, just because a black guy is leading a CCM song, is that what do we do? Is it? And it's it's almost it's like it sucks that we have to have that conversation, but it's a, just a real real thing that I feel like the Lord is using Maverick to like highlight. Like, hey, this is a thing. Like. Is, is music about color? Is music about what you're saying? We believe it. If you said it, if you said it, we believe it. If you said it, we believe it. 
Maverick City Music. So we're already coming out on like rebels with a cause, you know, like we're, we're already saying, hey, this is not what you expected. This is not what you're used to, but this is what we are. And, um, and I think that in itself speaks for itself. I don't think that we've like purposely like sat down and said, we're going to hatch a plan to like do things to make sure that, the, you know, it's not like a, like that. But I think that with the name, and with the types of songs that are sung with the people who lead, you know, I think there's intention behind that. You know, we have one of like the only like brown, and when I say brown, I mean Indian, you know, worship leader. Like you don't see that. That was Maverick City Music. Make sure to check out their new album, Maverick City Volume 3, Part 1, wherever you get your music. All right, well, stay tuned. Up next, a slightly different version of Slices. Picket lines and picket signs Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see You're listening to Marvin Gaye. The song is What's Going On. Well, this episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Especially now, with so much fear and anxiety and stress going on in the world, so many things are interfering with our own mental health and happiness. We've all been through seasons of life where stress and busyness weigh us down. And now more than ever, the pressures that a lot of us are feeling, we need somewhere to turn for help. That's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your very own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment, which is not only great for the season we're in, but is also convenient even when things get a little bit more back to normal. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, and you can send a message to your counselor anytime. If you want to start living a happier life today, try BetterHelp. And right now, as a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash relevant. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash relevant. Okay, it's time for a version of Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Yeah, so I I did want to find something uh, like a a hopeful story that's not totally goofy. Uh, But the reason I found this so inspiring, because when I was a kid in this, before we started recording today, I was telling the gang about my adventures and trying to assemble what looked to be a pretty simple basketball, driveway basketball hoop project that ended up consuming a weekend (laughs) and ended with me having an oval shaped rim for reasons (laughs) it's not really worth getting into. Like I told them, you need an engineering degree to erect a basketball hoop these days. You know, so anyway, uh, like when I was a kid, we had something called the invention convention at elementary school. And I would like legit have anxiety before the invention convention. It's like, I can think of a lot of cool inventions. I just don't know how they work. Okay. Like, yeah, hoverboard. Cool. And I invented it. I don't know how to, someone else, let some nerd figure out how to make it work. A cold wave. You put something in there and it makes it instantly cold like a microwave. I don't have to figure it out. I'm just telling you the idea. Cold wave. I think it's called a freezer. No, no, no. Instantly. Instantly. You punch in all it's to say. All it's to say is I'm terrible at invention. I, okay. I, 
Uh, I think I'm good at invention. I'm just terrible at engineering. Right. And that's why this story really jumped out into me because it, it's, it's, fr- it's about a nine year old kid in Kenya named Steven. And Steven was watching the news. And like a lot of people, he saw, uh, you know, news anchors tell people how the coronavirus is, is spreading in communities. And, you know, he had this kind of, uh, uh, you know, this kid's nine years old. All right. And he had this revelation of like, well, a lot of the places that, around my village and my community that people can regularly wash their hands require them to touch sinks and touch touch wells and touch touch all this stuff that it mm-hmm. undoes the the whole process mm-hmm. this kid Nine years old. Okay. He invented this device and it, it looks pretty cool. And it, it has, it is, it has water and a soap dispenser and the water is in a bucket. Right. And it, it, the way that he's designed it, it has a foot pedal that you can go step on the foot pedal and the soap and water dispense on your hands. So you can wash it without touching anything except for the bottom of your foot. This, this is a nine year old kid. Okay. And so one, why don't we have these in bathrooms all over the world? Okay. Like, <laughs> everyone, everyone uses the back of the hand to, 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 to turn on the sink. Anyway, why didn't someone think of this a long time ago? Why, why aren't we flushing all toilets and, and doing any kind of water related thing in a bathroom with our feet? This kid figured it out. And, and I'm really, it's so cool that like I said, nine years old, uh, you know, this got such attention in, in the country that earlier this week, he was awarded the presidential order of service which is good for a, him. a massive award uh, in, in the country and so uh you know he got he's getting uh national and now international recognition congratulations steven you blew my mind with this invention and if i ever have a house if i ever design a house i will have <laughs> you come over and design some sort of elaborate foot pedal system for me that, dude i there's something that will come out of this coronavirus season like like what you're talking about like there's some common sense sanitation things that we've just not applied that I think we will now apply even yeah, on the other side of having to wear a mask. You, yeah. You, you know, yeah, like, the di- you know, that Dyson guy, I just think things should work properly. You know, right. who's all about like not touching stuff and just right. blasting you with air in, in unique yeah. ways, you know, right. Right, right. Y- you know, he's sitting there thinking like, this gets figured out. I, I'm sitting here coming up with like, it, w- it looks like something that blows your skin so hard. It literally like warps when I put it in that Dyson blade. Okay. Like he's invented a hand drying device from 3000 years in the future to keep people's hands clean in the bathroom. And some yeah. nine year old just come up with a better invention. You yeah. know, it's Love like, it. sorry, Dyson. Love it. Steven's yeah. in. All right. What do you have, Jamie? Oh, I got something. Okay. So, uh, a friend of mine that I, um, really respect, he's a NFL, um, he's an analyst for ESPN. His name's Emmanuel Ocho. You guys might know him. He played here for the university of Texas. I used to to host a, I used to host a, yeah, podcast with his, with his brother, Sam. We, we, we had RIP relevance doing a sports podcast. You can go back. It's still in the archives (laughs) and iTunes, but yeah, Sam's a good buddy of mine. And Emmanuel's a, a great dude too. Great family. Great guy, uh, went, to our, went to our church. He lives here in Austin. And anyhow, he posted on Instagram the other day a video and it's great quality. It's really well done. And his video was basically like, hey, my DMs are blowing up by white people saying, hey, what can I do? How can I help? Which is a whole nother subject that we could talk about. But he made this video and he answered three specific, four specific questions like, uh, why can't white people use the N word? Why are, why is there riots? Uh, what's white privilege? And one more that I help can't think Jesus, of, but I want to play. Me, Jesus, please. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you, Derek. I'm but sorry. he did such a great job with this. It's been shared over like 3 million times. And so I got a clip for you real quick. 
The first question I've seen a lot of, Emmanuel, why are y'all rioting? I understand protesting, but why riot? And to that, I submit this. Uh, MLK said that rioting is the language of the unheard. For years, black people have tried peacefully protesting, going back to 1965 and before with the Selma March, and that didn't work. And then in 2016, Colin Kaepernick, he took a knee and that agenda got moved to a flag, which was never the goal. He just wanted to raise awareness on social injustice. So that didn't work. And so now we've seen riots because black people and hurt people are trying to get the attention of the oppressor. They're trying to raise, raise awareness of the oppression. Uh, I was in, uh, I was biking around Lake Austin the other day and there was a white girl around, about 15 meters ahead of me. And as I'm on my bike, I say to her, on your left, because I want to notify her I'm coming so that she can change her course of action. I get 10 meters away and I increase my voice, on your left, because she had yet to move. I get five meters away and she's still there and I say, on your left, because I realize if she doesn't change her course of action, there will be a collision. And as I approach her, I yell, on your left, and we collide. My goal was never to hit her, but because she had her headphones in, she didn't hear me and so she didn't change her course of action. I believe that that's the same thing black people are doing now. 1960s were yelling, we're oppressed, but the course of action wasn't changed. And so we again yell, we're oppressed, but the course of action wasn't changed. And so again we yell, we're oppressed. And now you see the collision that's occurred in America. It's so good, you guys. It's about nine minutes long and he goes through all four of those questions and he talks about how what grief does, like the little, the psychological effects of grief on people's lives and we're seeing that happen. I highly recommend you go find it um, and watch the whole thing. Uh, I asked, I texted him this morning. I'm like, hey, are you doing this every week? He's like, I don't know about every week, but it's so, so, so mm. good. That really was good. Mm. All right, what do you have, Derek? So somehow conspiracy theory theorists have said that Antifa has taken over the protests. Um, hmm. I find this funny. Like, it, well, I won't say I find it funny. And I will, I'll say this. There's clearly and somebody or something that's in this yeah. that has sought to find selfish gain out of it. What the thing about it that trips me out is just, how quick can the narrative change from, hey, people are protesting to, oh, my God, they're looting and rioting. And it's Antifa now. Like, for some reason, we have to find this boogeyman. And I, I think for most people, for me, I don't care if it's Antifa, Aquaman. I'd like, it's like it doesn't it doesn't really matter. I thought that was really crazy, though, just this how that the narrative changed so quick from protest to that and I, and I'll say this too that I definitely think that there's a lot of people that are out here for selfish gain like you're not gonna convince me that there's not some black dudes I was like oh we finna go get these Jordans real quick while everybody riding or that there's you know I, I don't know if you guys saw earlier but uh, Jake Paul was found yeah. looting like it's like clearly but I don't know if that's like Antifa I don't to be honest I don't know who it is I think it's just chaos and chaos begets more chaos but I, I, I heard I an interview like, it's crazy I heard an interview yeah. with uh, the Brooklyn uh, uh, city commissioner or borough president, sorry, borough president yesterday with on NPR. And he was talking about they had like he'd been debriefed by pol riot police there every day. Mm -hmm. They're kind of tracking this stuff that they actually have seen evidence of organized 
outside organizations who are not associated with these protests mm-hmm. and this movement coming mm-hmm. in and trying to capitalize and then twist the narrative, you know, mm. and like, uh, like they're like a lot of the, um, Molotov cocktails that have been thrown at precincts in Brooklyn and stuff like that. They actually have evidence that it was done by outside people who are not associated with this movement. Yeah. They're not associated with Antifa. No, no, no. They're not associated with the protesters who are peacefully protesting. They're coming in trying to change the narrative and distort the conversation against black rights almost. Yeah. And so, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is crazy. I think for me, I'm just going to be honest and blunt. I, I think I've, I've just, that's kind of where I'm at right now. At the end of the day, I don't really care who it is. It's just like, for me, it's just like, it's just another group of white people that are doing whatever. Like, I don't know. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter if it's Antifa or whoever. It's, it, it really sucks that people would take an uh, opportunity. And this includes black people, like for the black people that have f- took this opportunity to rob the Gucci store. Like, it's really frustrating that yeah. that it's like in a moment as serious as this, that something in you would make you think that selfishly to say, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity to wreak havoc and cause carnage in, in, in something this serious. Like, I don't care who you are, black pink, purple, orange, whatever, like it's super trash, but yeah. Charlemagne, four or five days ago when, when a lot of the looting writing was at its apex. And again, we're recording on Wednesday. Uh, Charlemagne, the God, you know, has been talking very boldly about this uh, in the news and hit his take is that the first wave of like the rioting mm-hmm. beyond the protesting, but rioting, looting mm-hmm. was this came out of a visceral like mm-hmm. we're coming out of an economic crisis. Mm-hmm. We're coming mm-hmm. out of a, so yeah. many things are like a culmination yeah. of anger and fear and all this other stuff. But yep. there's this second wave that's happening. That's a little bit more calculated and outside than you know, that initial response. And he was trying to explain the first wave. Like mm-hmm. this is just an oppressed people screaming out like what, the clip we just heard Jamie brought, but then there's this new wave that's kind of coming in a little bit more calculated, trying to turn the narrative against the point of the protest. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this weird shift of opportunism that's kind of happening. It's interesting. And I think that I was, I was sitting here pondering. I'm like, this could not have happened. What depends on what perspective you're looking at it from, but it could not have happened at the worst time. Like, People have been in the house for months. They're broke. Right. The government gave yeah. us a funky little twelve hundred dollars and said, you know, yeah. and people are hungry, they're starving, frustrated. And I think that's also another I think that's where a lot of energy, even from the diverseness of the crowd. I think people are it's not just about black rights on some level, too. I think it's about people just are tired, they're scared, and they're like, we gotta do something to bring peace back to our country. Um yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, like I said, it'd be a little bit different slices this week. So, uh, you know, there you go. Stay tuned. Up next, we'll be out. Triumphantly, won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Because all I ever have, redemption songs. Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our minds You're listening to Bob Marley and the Whalers 
Redemption song. Classic. Well, last week we asked you a really stupid question of the week, and um, we're not going to do that. So uh, we do want to hear from you, though. Uh, in light of everything that's going on this week, we want to hear how you're doing. That's it. We just want to check in. We want to hear from you. Hit us up on Instagram, at Relevant Magazine on Instagram. You can message us there or post on the podcast post in the comments, or you can tweet us at Relevant Podcast. We just want to hear from you. All right. Well, on that note, many thanks to Maverick City Music for joining us. You can follow them on Instagram at Maverick City Music and listen to their albums wherever you get your music. It's phenomenal and uh, very appropriate for this time. Watch their videos too. Go find them on YouTube. No kidding. Yeah, they're YouTube videos. Uh, thanks to Prop for joining us. Uh, he, You can follow him at Prop Hip Hop on all social media. Make sure to check out his albums as well. His last album was an album with you, right, Derek? Yes, sir. Yeah. And, awesome. uh, and also, uh, do you guys have anything coming up? I know, I know, of a spe- I know something's happening. I do. What's going I on? I do. Um, on Friday, on my show, The Happy Hour, the Derek Miner's nice. coming on the show with me. So. Yes, and I had a blast on, uh, on there. Like, you... I love you. Just want to let you know. I'm oh, so glad thanks. that we met for sure. It was a good Thank combo. you. It's a fun yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good conversation. Yeah. And lastly, um, I have a platform that I've been building called We Own Now. So I know a That's lot of people right. have been, yeah, a lot of people have been wondering, you know, how can they engage or what's next after this? And uh, I'm a big believer in financial literacy uh, for anyone. And I noticed that in, in the black community, there's not a lot of talks about that or nothing's really contextualized or it's often assumed that people know. So I built this platform called We Own Now. So if you're in conversations with people and you want to know tangible ways how you can help, definitely point people in that direction, because I think that that's what it's going to take. It's going to take us together working as a community and, and building up our community. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. We all now check that out. That's awesome. And also uh, check out Relevant Daily for the latest. And we have ongoing coverage, um, especially this week. But we're going to be engaging these conversations long term at RelevantMagazine.com. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you next week. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on twitter facebook and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts check out our relevant podcast network featuring shows like relevant daily signs of life unedited and many more launching throughout the year Relevant Podcast Network.